Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, 29th September, and we are within two days of the end of the month, but not just the end of the month, the end of the quarter. And I don't know whether you've noticed, but the US market has been trending down. It's actually dropped 10.5% in 14 trading days from the recent top. And then in the last couple of days, it's gone up 3.95%. You've probably seen three days of 100 plus point gains on the Dow Jones. And today, the Dow up 410, having been up 550. We are just wondering whether this little bounce we're seeing is legitimate buying or a change in market optimism or whether it's end of month stuff. There's all sorts of window dressing shenanigans, not just in underlying equities, but in options markets at the end of a quarter. And the stocks that have gone up in the quarter tend to go up more. And that's sort of what's happening. The technology stocks are leading this little bounce. So let's just see what happens at the end of the quarter. We've obviously got another day in the US to go and maybe then the bounce that we've seen folds up a little bit. We'll see. Anyway, if you look at the strategy piece today and you really should listen to the podcast with that in front of you, you'll see a chart of the S&P 500 in there and it is still trending down on the Hekinashi chart. And I've got a chart of the ASX 200 in there as well. And we are still, despite a recent bounce in the last couple of days, mostly brought on by the banks and this irresponsible lending backflip by the government. And despite that, the the market trend is still very much in this sideways trading range. Anyway, have a look at the charts. And the, the main point is that this recent rally may just be part of the end of quarter stuff in the US. And it's not really washing terribly well over us today. We were up 43 at one point this morning with the futures up 38. And we've ended up as I speak, up five, up four now. So sort of sliding away and banks sliding away. As you're probably aware, we've sold out of the banks in both our income and our growth portfolio. We we have a sort of cathartic reaction to that. Thank God we've got rid of the banks and we look forward to rebuilding the portfolios without the banks, maybe with the banks in income, we'll reassess them for income, but they, they don't yield that much anymore. But certainly in growth, we look forward to rebuilding a growth portfolio without the banks. And we're getting on with that a little bit today. Lots to cover today. So let's bullet point it. In the growth portfolio, there are a few stocks that we have on the list to buy that have started to tip up or t- uh, turn up rather. Appen, Fisher Paykel Healthcare, Zero. We're adding those to the growth portfolio today. You'll see the charts in the strategy piece. We're all also adding a small holding in Service Stream SSM. It's a bit dangerous, so we're going to keep the holding very small, but they are exposed to this increased NBN spend and seem to be tip- turning up. It's illiquid, so I I wouldn't suggest you get too excited about it. It's quite risky, but possibly at a major pivot point. Uh, We've also increased our weighting a little bit in Macquarie, and we're also adding consumer staple stocks, a bit of Woolworths, Wes Farms and Coles as they seem to be bottoming out. They're quite safe. And without the banks, we need to hold some of the bigger stocks to keep our tracking error to a minimum, or not to a minimum, but just under control. In the income portfolio, we're adding those consumer staple stocks as well. They've all got sort of four or five plus percent yields. Not huge, but that might be the new norm without the banks yielding 7% anymore, that we have to accept sort of five, five to six percent or four to six percent yields on an income portfolio. We are already holding REA, but I would just say to you, if you don't hold REA, one of the things we chatted about today was the housing sector. You might notice as part of the lifted restrictions, 
restrictions. Victorians are allowed to go and visit properties one-on-one if they have an appointment and they can go outside their five kilometer radius. And if you look at real estate or REA group, if you look at realestate.com, the website, the number of listings is starting to ramp up again. REA makes money out of activity, selling and advertising because their website is busy and the share price is ticking up a little bit. It's not a cheap stock, but the recent broker research on REA group was negative. It was talking about, or the last round was a whole series of downgrades on the back of the Melbourne lockdowns being extended. Well, we've got the opposite happening yet, but the brokers have yet to wake up to it. So we'll probably get some upgrades as well. And we're happy to add that as a longer term holding. It is one of those bottom left to top right stocks. Have a look at the chart in the strategy piece today. Travel stocks, we already hold them. Flight Center, Webjet, Corporate Travel. Corporate Travel doing corporate deal at the moment. We'll see how they come out of that. We've only got a small holding. We'll see what the wash up is on that deal. They're all doing very nicely at the moment. We've done extremely well out of them, but they're still well off their highs. And the chatter about the Trans-Tasman bubble being opened by the end of the year, plus borders opening, plus travel restrictions coming off. Domestic travel companies should be doing okay. The travel situation is obviously going to improve. This is an Australian domestic recovery story rather than an Australian stock market trend story. We think they can go against the trend. So you might have a look at those. We already hold them. So we continue to hold them and we're thinking about increasing weightings in corporate travel if this deal comes through okay. We're also adding Qantas today. Have a look at the chart. Government's trying to support the airlines. We are a little interested in the idea that this might end up being the best thing that ever happened to Qantas. Pandemic that wiped out the competition, established their dominance, and the share price is beginning to respond. So adding a little bit of that today, that's a recovery trade rather than growth stock, obviously, but that has got a long way to come back. And it is an Australian story at the moment, long way to come back. Otherwise, lots of little points to make today. 10 new cases in Victoria, seven deaths. Can't really say that's good, can you? But it's good. Trump and Biden debate. Looking forward to that. First of three live debates between the two of them. Compulsory viewing, I think. Politics in the US is a show first and serious politics second. Trump's the consummate showman and bully. He's suggested that Biden gets a drug test before the debate. He has a nasty nickname for everybody. He is a bully. Let's see what level of debasement this TV show takes America's political credibility down to. Anyway, some of the commentators say that Biden doesn't have to win these debates. All he has to do is show that he's a credible alternative and it will be job done. Anyway, let the show begin. That'll be tonight. As I've said before, we probably as a stock market newsletter need to lay off every nuance of Trump versus Biden running into the election or we'll be writing endlessly about stuff that makes absolutely no difference to the share prices and wastes a lot of our time. But there you go. Watch the debate tonight. Pelosi and Mnuchin are talking to each other about stimulus. The consensus seems to be, though, there won't be a, be a bill before the election. So it might come quite late after the election, depending if anyone's got a majority. It might come even quicker if there's a result, of course. But that's part of the reason or one of the reasons the markets are supposed to be going up in the short term. Trump's taxes or lack of paying any is all over the newswire. It's not really a stock market issue. China have the 
the China national holiday starting on the 1st of October generally means a seven-day holiday from 1st to the 8th, China Downs Tools. It's supposed to be a bit of a flat spot for the iron ore price as stockpiling stops. They're also likely to include a 2020 to 2025 GDP growth target. Could cut either way. Another little item to do with China was yesterday's profit warning from A2 Milk. Quite a significant profit warning. The stock fell 11%. It took Blackmore's with it. That was down 3.9%. The issue is that the collapse, as one newspaper article calls it in the, I always get the pronunciation wrong, Jiegu's. I've got it wrong, I'm not. The Chinese groups that send all their products over to China in cardboard boxes. Anyway, they have had troubles. A2 Milk describes it as COVID-19 related restrictions, which have created logistical issues. Lockdowns, in other words, have created logistical issues for these lines of business. But this morning, it's written up quite well by the brokers. Most have target prices 15 to 20% above the current share price. And on that basis, you might see this as a buy opportunity. Having said that, we have been running scared, as have the share prices, of anything China related on concerns about this deterioration in China's attitudes towards Australia, mostly over soft commodities in the wake of these virus accusations. And you also wonder how much of an excuse this drop-off in A2 Milk's business there, blaming on COVID when really it's to do with the Chinese ramping up their own milk powder brands and replacing Australian brands. Anyway, who knows? We wouldn't be buying them. I'm not sure I'd be rushing in. You can see the charts in the strategy piece. They're pretty horrible. Blackmore's long-term trend's horrible. A couple of brokers have got underweight or sell recommendations this morning. Not really too interested in getting stuck in yet. At some point, A2 Milk might look interesting, but it's got a bottom first at the moment. It's just free-falling. Meanwhile, some progress on Brexit trade talks, apparently. On the virus, a million people have now died. India's up to six million cases. The UK is considering a total social lockdown. Something that would obviously dent European growth prospects. Spain's also considering something similar in Madrid. Test rates are above 25% in some US states. Imagine here if the 10,000 people tested in Victoria every day had a 25% positive test rate. Not only would we be in lockdown, we would have some authorised officers sitting in our houses making sure we don't go out. More of that in a moment. Clearly in America and Europe, they need a vaccine. They need it fast. I heard one Australian medical expert telling us that even if a vaccine arrives, it's going to be 18 months before Australians have it freely available. Trump is promising millions of virus tests to be distributed to the US states. I'm not sure he wants that because presumably if everyone can test themselves in 15 minutes on a lick the, the tab test kit, they're going to have a heck of a lot more cases than they have now anyway. Need a virus is the message. Then I've got a paragraph about Robin Hood, stock market trading facility superhero who have signed up 10,000 people in three weeks with their $5 trading platform. It's interesting. You've seen self-wealth go from 10 cents to, was it 80 cents at one point in the last few months as they offered a $9.50 trading facility. And here you are. They're being undercut almost immediately by Superhero's $5 trading platform. It's like that seven-minute ab workout. What happens if someone brings out a six-minute ab workout and then a five-minute ab workout? Anyway, I'm sure if it disturbs NAB trade or Comsec who don't need the commission money. It's just a service for their bank customers. If they got irritated by low commission rates, which I doubt very much they will, they could easily cut to zero and leaving these companies or these businesses high and dry. But then I think the 
people who are signing up are not interested in a relationship with a big bank. They just want to trade shares and these guys are doing a very good job of getting them in. I would say though, the real value in these businesses presumably isn't the revenue stream. I doubt they're making money, but it's in building a database of younger people, mostly younger people, who they can eventually market to. It's a bit like Dolomites, I suppose, for the CBA. You're building a database of people with a loss leading business and you're going to use that database to sell more serious products in the future or sell your business to someone who sells more serious products. Anyway, I also wonder whether it's actually, they talk about it being targeted at millennials, but my son, who is still in year 12, his group of mates are talking stocks now and superhero or self-wealth appeals to them. But I can tell you, they are also, his group of mates are back onto Minecraft, which is a childish game that they all used to play as kids. And they've resurrected it because they're so bored in lockdown. It provides them with a subject to, or a subject in common or an activity in common. And that's sort of what trading the stock market's going to do. But I can tell you, as soon as they're back to basketball, they aren't going to be playing Minecraft anymore. And they're probably not going to be interested in the stock market either. I tell you, Archie certainly isn't. There's one thing on his mind at the moment. He hasn't been able to get anywhere near it for the past six months, and that's sport. Once they get back to that, I'm not sure this interest in these online activities, be it Minecraft or the stock market, are going to last very long. Anyway. Right, I've got a couple of extra little things in the newsletter today. Go and have a look at those. One of them is a recommendation that you watch on the basis of sex about Supreme Court Judge Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and just have a look at the photograph in the strategy section today and tell me how appropriate you think that is. And off on a tangent, I have been asked by my family, so I found out. And just so you know, I have looked up the legislation about the further emergency powers that are being given to people under Section 200A of the Public Health and Wellbeing Act 2008 by the Victorian government about authorised officers who might just turn up at your door wearing high vis and a plastic identity tag. They won't be policemen. They won't have been trained. They won't come under an oath, but they can turn up and detain any person or group of persons in an emergency area for the period reasonably necessary to eliminate or reduce a serious risk to public health. And part of that involves them being assisted by any person. And they are under a requirement to check on someone in detention every 24 hours, which implies they can hold them for what, weeks? So I've looked up who an authorised officer is? Well, it's anyone who's been appointed by a council to be an environmental health officer. Well, what criteria is that? Basically, not policemen, someone your council thinks should be allowed to come around your house and detain you. This is a world gone mad anyway. I don't think that's a political comment. It's just world gone mad. I do have a law degree. This is something out of a totalitarian state to think that someone appointed by a council can come and detain people for more than, what, a week? Two weeks? 14 days to get over your COVID? Ridiculous. Rant aside. A few technical observations today. Have a look at those. A sell signal. A few buy signals. Mostly technology stocks. And in one rather odd sector, which is aged care. Two buy signals there. I mean, awful sector, obviously, in the middle of a terrible sentiment hole. But of course, sentiment can bottom and there is desperate need for reform in that sector. And when it does come, these are the big listed stocks. These are the ones that are going to inherit the world.
world and worth having a look at them. They're not growth stocks, they're not quality stocks, but they might be sentiment recovery trade stocks. Anyway, that's about it. As I leave you, market still drifting away, led down by the bank, down one now. Dow futures are comfortably up 60, not really telling us very much. Let's see what Trump and Biden brings and let's see what the end of the quarter brings and whether this puts an end to this short-term rally or whether it is a genuine bounce. We will see. You have a good day. I will speak to you tomorrow.